Come on and give God a hand praise. Come on and bless him. Bless him. Bless him. Give him glory. Give him praise. Give him praise. Bless the Lord. Bless the Lord. Bless the Lord. Come on and praise him. Come on and praise him. Come on and praise him. Praise him. Praise him. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Bless him. Bless him. Give God glory. He is worthy to be praised. Worthy to be praised. Amen. Come on with your hands lifted up unto the Lord. Lift up your hands unto him. Amen. For it is he who feeds us and keeps us from all danger and evil. Amen. And we just want to bless him. Let him know that we appreciate him. That we are grateful and thankful. For if it had not been for the Lord who was on our side, we would not know where we would be right now. Personally, I knew I would be dead. But God, amen, who was on my side, has given me strength to see another day. And for this, we say thank you. Thank you, Lord. Amen. You may be seated. Amen. You may be seated. Amen. We thank God for his grace. We thank God for his mercy. Amen. We are here by the grace of God. Amen. For God is good and all the time. Amen. He has done so many great, wonderful things for us. Amen. He has kept us from all hurt, harm, and danger. Amen. He has brought us back here to see another day. Amen. And as one writer said, this is the Lord's doing, and it is marvelous in our eyes. Amen. And we just give him glory, honor, and praise for what he's doing, for he always does great things. Amen. For he has done what? For he has done? Amen. And for these great things, Lord, we say thank you. It's good to be in the house of the Lord. Amen. We honor our pastor, Gloria Ingram. Amen. God bless her. Amen. Man, we honor our assistant pastor, Robert Lee Lewis. Amen. Evangelist Rose Hargett. Amen. Our Deacon Mark, Deacon Nick, Deacon Nico. Amen. Our evangelist Michelle. Amen. We thank God for his people all over. Amen. And we thank God for being here on this day. Amen. For this is the day the Lord has made. And we shall and be what? And be glad in it. Because this it was it this this is what it takes being glad in it and knowing <clears throat> that this is the Lord's doing. Amen? Amen. Amen. For if it had not been for God, let me say something, you wouldn't be here. Amen. You would not be here. Amen. You being a pine box too proud to speak. Amen. But God who brought you out and delivered you from all hurt, harm, and danger, saw to it that you would be here. Amen. Safe and sound, you and I. That's because he's a good God. Amen. He's a good God. And we can thank him. We thank God for the wonderful service on last Sunday at the Crawford's Church. Thank God for all of you. Amen. Supporting your pastor. Amen. 
preaching out of the depths of our soul, amen, living a life of which she preaches. You know, how many know that's a wonderful thing? You know, anybody can get up and preach as long as you know how to articulate your words and you know the word. Man, you got a lot of people preaching today don't know the word. Amen. But you know what? When you can get up and preach and have a life behind it, that's a totally different thing. That's a totally different thing because your, your preaching is then backed up by the life you live. Amen. Amen. And that's wonderful because a lot of times, especially in these days and times, unfortunately, that's not happening in a lot of churches today. It's not happening. They're preaching, but there's no life behind it. Amen. Even heard about pre- preachers preaching, but in infidelity, committing adultery in their marriage. Preachers preaching, but dibbling and dabbling in homosexuality and lesbianism. But they're preaching. Amen. They're preaching. Amen. But last night they were on the porn site looking at porn before they got up to preach. It's sad, saints. Amen. Y'all looking at me like this is shocking. Amen. Do y'all not, do y'all not know that Christian Magazine report, reported that two-thirds of pastors watch porn? Wake up, saints of God. We're living in the last days. They reported that two-thirds of pastors watch porn. Amen. We need to pray. Amen. Turn, turn to your neighbor and tell them, we need to pray. Amen. Pray for your leaders all over the world. Pray for your leaders in the nation. Amen. Pray for your leaders in the government. Amen. We're living in horrible times. Amen. Didn't the Bible writer, didn't Paul tell us in the last days what will come? Perilous times shall come. Amen. And we're living in those days. We're living in the age of Antichrist. Come out on Bible study and find out. Amen. We are living in the days of Antichrist. And this is just the way it is. And it's not, it's not going to get any better. It's not going to get better. It's going to get worse, but it's definitely not going to get better. It's just going to get worse because people haven't understood this. It's all about Jesus. That's your title. It's all about Jesus. Amen. If it's about anything else, you need to stop because what you're doing is wrong. It has to be all about Jesus. The thoughts, I think, has to be all about Jesus. The words I say have to be all about Jesus. The deeds I do has to be all about Jesus. Now, am I telling you to walk around and and Jesus, Jesus, Jesus all day long? No, 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 don't do that. They made many of us do that when we were young on our knees. Amen. Some of y'all know what I'm talking about. They call it tarry service, that you were tarrying for the Holy Ghost. And we got on our knees and it sounded like we were speaking in tongues, but we were just saying Jesus. Amen. With the hopes of speaking in other tongues. Amen. But let me tell you something. It's all about Jesus. No matter what goes on, no matter what happens, it's all about Jesus. And I'm not telling you to walk around all day long just saying that name. If you can, that's beautiful. But it has to be that everything you do is done to honor him. 
Everything you do is done to recognize and acknowledge his lordship. That's what it means when I say it's all about Jesus. Meaning that when I do it, Jesus, I'm doing this to please you. Amen. I'm not going to yell back at Rose because she yelled at me. Or I'm not going to curse back at this other brother because he cursed at me. Jesus, because I know it's all about you. I honor, I honor you when somebody else won't. Amen? Is that good? Do we accept that? You have to, whether you want to or not, because it's all about Jesus. And this is what we have to do in these days and times. Remember that. It's all about Jesus. The thought. Amen. Come straight from John 8 and 32. You can write it down or you can write the scripture down. Scripture down. It's John 8 and 32. I will know the truth and the truth will make me free. Again, I will know the truth and the truth will make me free. The truth. What a big word. The truth. For truth can be liberating, but truth can also be very hard to swallow. But one thing about the truth, the truth is inescapable. You cannot get away from the truth. You can run, but you won't be able to hide because the truth is the truth no matter what else comes along. Tell a lie. My daddy used to say, tell a lie and I'll travel the world. But you know what? The truth will stand right where it is. And that lie will have to eventually come back and acknowledge the truth. For truth will stand. When all other things fall and fail, truth will stand. Because truth is not going anywhere. Because Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father except by me. Truth never fail because truth is eternal. Truth will never fail because truth is everlasting. Truth can't fail because truth is infinite. There is no limitations to truth and to what truth will do. Yes, it might hurt in the beginning when you first hear it. Yes, it might send you into pain spasms, but the truth will set you and I free. For without the truth, we are living a lie. And that's just the truth. Ain't that something? If we're not living the truth, we're living a lie, and that's just the truth. Y'all didn't get it yet. Go home. Y'all get it when you get home. Y'all laugh on your way to the door because you'll be hearing it again. That's just the truth. You can't change the truth. The truth is inescapable. No matter how far you try to run from it. So sad. I see these, see these people going and running to plastic surgeons and getting lift here and tucked there and cut here and, and getting cheeks that you ain't never seen before and they facing 80 years old and looking, trying to look like they're 20 and all of them walking around looking like the Joker with the same look. Because everybody, everybody is trying 
to get the truth. And they don't understand that plastic surgery is a lie. Because it only makes you think you're younger. <laughs> but the body don't lie. Because after you get that surgery, the body's still going to say, I'm aging. <laughs> you, oh, don't do that. <laughs> you don't want to run like that. Because the body is still aging. Usually, that's what we as humans worry about. We worry about the outside. We always worry about the surface. What about the inner man? The inner man needs truth. Come on and say it with me. I got to give my inner man the truth. Amen. Don't you know that you are hurting yourself when you neglect truth? We are hurting ourselves when we neglect the truth or when we reject the truth because we will know the truth and the truth will make us what? Free. We need the truth. We can't live without the truth. We have to have truth because truth is the only thing that will set us free. The challenge for this week, God says, let truth rule. Again, God says, let truth rule. That means let it rule your life. Let it rule your situation. You know how many of us get into things and automatically stress begins to rule? Or, or automatically headache or headache begins to rule our day? We need to command our day. Why should I allow you to rule my day? Because what, what, what's the saying is? Whoever, ang whoever gets you angry has power over you. Amen. Why should I give you that power to ruin my day? In the name of Jesus, I won't do that. Amen. Why should that manager be able to have the power to ruin your day and to say something to you that throws you totally off? As somebody used to say in this church, you threw me off my square. Amen. Because you get so caught up in what people say. You get so caught up in what your manager say or what your wife says or what your husband is saying to you or what your children has done. Saints, it's time to rest. It's time to be calm. We were talking, we were talking this morning about Jesus being out on the sea in the storm. It's to, saints, it's time to be calm. I don't know about you. I'm tired, I'm tired of panicking. I don't want to panic no more. I do not, I, I refuse to panic because this is a job for Jesus. And I'm not going to try to handle it myself because I'm going to mess it up. I'm going to give this to Jesus. Come on, if you mean to say it with me, I'm going to give this to Jesus. Amen. I'm giving this to Jesus. I'm not going to let myself deal with this because I can't. I can't handle it. I'm going to mess it up. Finally, your topic, very simple, Jesus loosed the chains. Amen. Again, Jesus loosed the chains. Walk with that, run with that. He loosed the chains, the chains that were binding us, the, change, the chains that were keeping us down. Psalms 34, 
Psalms 34. Those of you who have your bookmarker also get Acts, the 12th chapter. Psalms 34 and Acts, the 12th chapter. Psalms 34 and verse 19, very familiar verse. Most of you probably know it. And like many in here, you can probably quote it without looking at it. The word of God says, many are the afflictions of the righteous. How many heard that? Many are the afflictions of the righteous. Listen to this. But the Lord. Okay. They're not getting it like us. They're not hearing it like, like we, we hearing it. Many are the afflictions of the righteous. But the Lord. That means contrary to what's going on, the Lord delivereth them out of them all. But many are the afflictions. See, I got some folks in here that's going through. Some folks in here that's having some hard times. People in here that's suffering from debt. People that's going through in their body and they're not saying anything. People that's having problems in their mind from the past, but they're not telling anybody what they're going through. But the Bible says many are the afflictions of the righteous. But the Lord delivereth them out of them all. That means that the Lord is going to bring you out of it. And even while you're in it, he's going to help you get through it. See, everything that comes up in our life, God may not take us out of it. But for sure, he's going to get us through it. Thank God for taking us out. Thank God for seeing us through. In everything, give thanks. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. So whether he leave you there or take you out, give thanks. Give thanks. But one thing you don't do, don't give power to the affliction. How do I give power to it? When you open that big mouth and what you say is not in line with what God says at all, you just open up your mouth and start complaining. From the time you wake up to the time you go to bed and all you're doing, listen what you're doing, you're giving that affliction power. Just like you gave power to your manager to mess you up, you can give power to what's going on with you inwardly. Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivereth them out of them all. Stop giving power to what you're going through and start walking in the power of God. For the Bible also says that power belongeth to God. So let nothing rule your day. Let nothing rule your morning or rule your life. It's all about Jesus. And if it's all about Jesus, know that many are the afflictions of the righteous. But what does the Lord do? Delivereth them. 
Meaning that what? Listen, meaning that he saves them. He helps them get out of what they're going through because he knows our frame. He knows that we can only take but so much. But he also said in his word, listen what he said. He said that he will keep you during the time of tests. He will keep you when you're going through. He will protect you from harm's way. And see, we have to learn that we have to learn to understand something and we have to see something. Say, saints, God don't lie. Turn around and tell your neighbor, God don't lie. God tells, he all the time tells the truth. And if God said it, he's going to do it. And you just have to believe it. There has no temptation taken you. But such that is common to man. Listen, but God is faithful. Who will not suffer you to be tempted above that he are able. But will. In the temptation, through the temptation, with the temptation, also make a way of escape. Listen, that ye may be able to bear it. Why? Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivereth them out of them all. Doesn't matter if you got cancer. Doesn't matter if you got a heart condition. That don't matter. Doesn't matter what you're going through. Many are the afflictions. You can start, some of y'all can just start sitting there and naming them. I know I can, but you know what? Oh, I'm going to sing that song they used, to, they used to sing in the church. We don't sing it no more. I won't complain. I'm not going to complain. You saw where complaining got Israel. The whole first generation that came out from Egypt, the whole generation except for two died. Because the rest, all they did was complain. Complaining gets you nowhere. Come on, say it with me. Complaining is not going to help me. So stop complaining. I can complain about it, but guess what? It ain't going to change anything. Guess what? I can get a headache over it, and guess what? It's still going to be the same thing while I'm going, while I got the headache. It, it ain't changing. It ain't nothing doing it. It's still the same way. It's going to be, it, it was, it was when I woke, went to bed. It's going to be when I wake up. There ain't no sense in me complaining about it because I can't change it, but I can pray about it. I can have my joy. I can walk in peace because I am going to have afflictions, but the Lord will deliver me out of them all. Not meaning automatically God is going to take me from all of it because he will in the end. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bypass all of this. But for right now, he'll help me get through it even if he don't take it. Amen. Listen what, listen what God told Paul even though Paul, one of the greatest of the apostles, didn't get healed. God told him, my grace is sufficient for your need. And Paul said, I sought the Lord about this three times. Now, imagine that. I pray for Rose. God healed her from cancer. I go to pray to God for myself, and I'm still sick. 
wait a minute, wait a minute, something wrong. Um, I just prayed for Rose, and Rose got a good report. But I'm praying for me, and the report's the same. But God says, my grace is sufficient for your need. In other words, God, in other words, here's the answer to that song. Paul, when you think on my goodness, and when you think about all that I have done for you, your afflictions is light. And don't add up to much. Because when you think about what I've done, my grace will be sufficient for your need. I saved you when you were yet in your sins, Paul, because that's what you wrote. As you were led by the Holy Spirit. That when we were yet in our sins, Christ died for us. Amen? He died for us. Because why? Because he loves us. He cares about us. You know what? Let me tell you something. I can't control what I'm going through. How many hear this? I cannot control what I, I can't control what I'm going through. But I can control my reaction to what I'm going through. Let me say, listen, I can't control what I'm going through, but I can control what I say about what I'm going through. Oh, you hearing this? I can't control what I'm going through, but I can control how I think about what I'm going through. I can control that. Because, see, God wants us to do the possible and leave the impossible to him. See, once you put that I am on possible, that's no longer yours. That's just the way it is. Once it becomes an I am possible, that's not yours. That belongs to God. And you have to give it to him and not try to handle it yourself. But see, most of the times what happens is that we try to handle it. We think we got it. Here's one. Here's one. Oh, I'm good. Now, you know what? And there's nothing wrong with crying. Don't get me wrong. There's nothing wrong with crying. But then you got to come to the place where you say, devil, it's enough of me giving you honor and glory. And I'm going to give God praise and worship him because it's another day that the Lord has kept me. And I'm not going to let this thing control me any further. I'm going to control it because my God is in control. Why should I allow it to control me to the point that it takes up most of my day so that even while I'm working, I'm making mistakes because I'm so controlled by what's happening around me. I'm so entangled in that, I can't get away from it. That's when we know it's taking over. Amen. It becomes like a plague, like a disease that's just running through the body. That's what happens when we allow things to take control of us. You can't change it. It's, cha- it's not possible. It's impossible. So it no longer belongs to you. You got to give that up. Amen? That's like, that's like at work. You handle 
what you're supposed to do in your department. If somebody gives you something from another department, you got no business with that. You have to transfer that or give that over to that department. Amen? How many times when we call a place and they tell, um, well, listen, I'm going to have to transfer you. We all angry and upset because we waited 30 minutes to talk to somebody. I just got you, and now you want to transfer me to somebody else? But the first thing they tell you, that's not my department. That, that's not my work. If I try to help you, I'm not doing you any justice because this is not me. Amen? Now, we get upset because we, you know, we done waited through all that music that we didn't like. You know, you playing opera for me. I don't like opera. And now you're telling me you want to put me back with opera and to wait for somebody else. Hmm. I don't want that. Acts 12. Acts 12. See, in everything, give God thanks. In everything, give God thanks. And I want you to understand this. That if God did, if God did that... He can do this. Somebody's saying, well, what's he talking about? What is that and what is this? You fill it in. If God did that, he can do this. In other words, let me fill it in if I have to. If God opened the Red Sea, he can heal cancer. If God put the planets in the sky and formed all the hosts of heaven then certainly he can heal my marriage he can deliver me from what I'm going through in other words if God did that then I gotta believe him he's gonna take care of this and I'm not listen I'm not gonna worry about it and what we've been talking about for the past couple of weeks I am not gonna get emotional Because you know what happens when that emotion turns on. Whew. Boy, the devil tricks us so much through our emotions and he do it so flawless. He does it so flawlessly and easily because he knows right where to go. Listen, let me tell you something. The devil knows your buttons. Some of you right now sitting here and he pushing them. Ain't he preaching too long? Yeah. You're sitting in your seat and you can't sit still because you want to go home. But you need this word. Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivereth them from the from them all. The enemy, he knows exactly where to get you. And he knows exactly which negative emotion of yours to attack which really gets you messed up and keeps you messed up the longest. Why? Because he knows that you have let your emotions control you rather than let God control you. But yet we'll say, I want God to be in control. I want God to be in control. Is God really in control? Acts 12. We read over here, and as we get over here in Acts, it's a story about this king who does something and he sees that it pleased the people. Listen to this. Now about that time, Herod the king 
stretched forth his hands to vex certain of the church. How many read that? See, Herod felt that the people were pleased with what he did. So he stretched forth his hand even more to vex the church because he realized that he was gaining favor with the people by afflicting different ones in the church. And he saw it as a good thing. But what he didn't understand is that this church belonged to God. See, and I come to encourage you that you belong to God. Oh, come on, tell your neighbor, I belong to God. Tell her, I'm not letting the devil get to me. Because listen, he would love to get to your emotions and to do anything he can. He put his hand forward to vex the church. In other words, he intently came after the church to do injury to them. To do harm to the people of God. Now, anybody that's doing harm to the people of God automatically, and we learned this in Bible study, he is an antichrist. He's working under the direction of Satan. He gets his assignments and purposes directly from the enemy. <clears throat> and he stretched forth his hands to injure the church. Too much of a task for him, but... Poor, poor fool, he took it on. He was crazy. What can I tell you? He, he thought that if I can gain popularity by doing this and put people on my side, then let me keep doing this. And he thought he was doing something good. Because see, but what I learned, and I'm looking at it, and I began to read it, I began to study it, I began to say, wow, it was all about Herod. That's what he wanted. It was all about him. See, and a lot of times I say, even though we don't mean it, but a lot of times our complaint, listen, listen very closely, our complaining, our murmuring, and our depression comes about because it's all about me. I'm hurting. I'm mad. I'm angry. I'm upset. It's become all about me. I need a job. I need more money. I want my husband to act right. I want my wife to do what I tell her to do. See that? It's all about me. So when I get on my knees, Lord, I need a job. Lord, I need an apartment. Lord, my children won't act, my children won't get right. Lord, my husband ain't right. No praise. No worship. I, I, even on my knees, it's all about now, mind you, God said, bring your burden to the Lord and leave him there. Yes, but also there has to be a balance. Where is the praise? Where is the worship? You can't just go to God just for you because that becomes a prayer all about me. That becomes an all about me prayer. And wherein God is not glorified at all because all we're doing is complaining. You could have you did that with Mother Mercedes. 
When you go to God, worship. Give him glory. Give him praise. Didn't he say in everything, give thanks? Not that you're grateful for what you're going through, but that you're grateful that he's going to bring you out of what you're going through. That you're grateful that he's seeing you through what you're encountering right now. I'm not going to stay here. I'm passing through. But Lord, I thank you that you're keeping me as I'm passing through. Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivereth them out of them all. And if God is going to deliver us, we have to understand one thing. We have to understand one thing. Our focus has to be totally on Jesus. When our focus is on Jesus, God focuses on us. (laughs) He focuses on us when our focus is on Jesus. Because he knows that when we think on Jesus, it's not about us. Woo! See, see, I can, I can, I can be, I can be sick, but that don't mean I gotta lose my dance. Ah! See that I can be going through, but that don't mean I gotta lose my praise. See, listen, I can be going through, but I don't have to lose it. I can keep my sanity while I'm going through. Hmm. For I know who has my hand. I know who supplies my needs. I know who takes care of me. So I'm not about to let what I'm going through take control of me. Ah, instead of it controlling me, I'm going to control it. Amen. Come on and give God a hand praise if you believe it right now. Bless the Lord. Now about that time, Herod the king stretched forth his hands to vex certain of the church. Listen, big disappointment. And he killed James, the brother of John, with the sword. Now, this was the first martyr of the church, the brother of James. One of the first of the four disciples that Jesus called James. He took a sword and killed him because he saw it made the people look at him. All he wanted to do was hurt the church. I come to let you know you are the church. See, church is not when you come in 141 Bowers Street. This is a building where you come corporately to worship. See, I need you to know that you live in the church. Know ye not that your body is the temple of the living God. See, wherever you go, you can have church. You don't have to wait till you come to Bower Street. You don't have to wait till you get to the Potter's House in Texas. Oh, you don't have to wait till you get to the Joyce Myers Convention. You can have church here right now. I can have church. See, I don't have to run from South Jersey to run to Mount Island to pray in Mount Island, although that would be nice to do at times, and I do do that. But you know what? It's better when I can pray at my church. And that's not tabernacle purpose. My church is Troy's building. My church is Troy's temple. 
See, when I can pray here and when I learn to worship here, going into a building to worship, that's easy. Because I know my first church. See, this is my, listen, this is my first church I've ever attended. Yes, because I am the church. I am the church. I am a part of the family of God who collectively together become the church. But I also know that my body is the temple of God. And God dwelleth in this temple. And God is to be praised. And God is to be worshipped in this temple. He is to be glorified by what this temple does. He is to get praise because of what I say out of my mouth. He is to be blessed by the thoughts I have in my mind. And here comes the devil to injure me. Here comes the enemy to try to reap wreak havoc in my church and he attacks James and he stabs him and kills him with the sword now see right here let me tell you something in America now a lot of the any organization would have broke up by now because somebody done died but not the church the church don't die we multiply. <laughs> because the devil can't take us down. Listen, he failed when he tried to take my Jesus down. He thought death would be the end and he was fooled. He thought death was it and Jesus let him know it's just the beginning. See, because he killed one, but billions came up after him. Under this same Jesus. Glory to our God. He killed James, the brother of John, with a sword. And you know what? This was one of Jesus in the circle, people. You ever thought about that? This is one of Jesus in the circle, people. This was James. He was there everywhere Jesus went. He saw miracles that the other apostles didn't see. Why did God choose to have him die first? That's God. See, why, do one, why does one person get cancer and the other one doesn't? But he's living a hellish life. That's not for you to answer. That's not for you to touch. That's God. So don't ever look at somebody else and say, well, why does he have never go through, but I got to go through? Whew. But you know what? In everything, y'all going to get this after a while. In everything, give thanks. I will bless the Lord. I will bless the Lord. I will bless him when my body's not well. I will bless him when I'm going through in my mind. I will bless him when I have no money in my pocket. I will bless him when maybe that check is not coming. I will bless him at all times because I won't just bless him when everything is well. I won't just bless him when everything is going the way I want it to go. That means I am a hypocrite and I'm not true because I only praise God when things are good. But as soon as things go south, I'm depressed, I'm down, 
I'm, I'm angry, I'm upset, I'm complaining, so now I have no time for praise because I've turned to all these other things. Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivereth them out of them all. He kills James. Verse 3, and because he saw it pleased the Jews, he proceeded further to take Peter also. Then were the days of the unleavened bread. See, it goes to show you unleavened bread, meaning that it's close to Passover and that this should be a religious time for the Jews. There should be love in the land towards the Christians. But the Jews hated the Christians because the Christians so-called went against their religion. But they didn't understand that the Christians came out from their religion. That Jesus being born a Jew, he died so that the church could come forth. He died for all men, not just the Jews. So the Jews are mad because now the, the, the church has taken the message to the Gentiles. And Peter was the one, the first apostle, to take the message to the Gentiles. And the Gentiles were the uncircumcised people that the Jews had no dealing with. Like the woman of Samaria told Jesus, remember what she told her? She said, why do you ask me, a woman of Samaria, for a drink? For the Jews have no dealings with Samaritans. And remember, those were half Jews and half Samaritans. Now, if they had no dealing with the Samaritans and they were half-breeds, what do you think they had any dealings with full-breed Gentiles? None at all. We don't want no dealing with them. So they're mad at Peter, and Herod goes about to win their favor. Instead of winning the favor of God, he goes about to win the favor of the people. And he starts killing, or as he thought he would, start killing people of the church. And then he goes and he grabs the leader. How many know you got to pray for your leaders? Saints, let me tell you something. Pray for your leaders. And I'm not just speaking for me. I'm talking about pray for your president. I'm talking about pray for your Congress. I'm talking about pray for your House of Representatives because we're living in dangerous times. We got a madman with nukes. And he wants to start a war with people and he's not afraid to say his intention he already has stated his intentions he already says he's going to turn America to ashes and he's going to blow up and erase Japan off the map he's a madman something seriously wrong with him you know, now is the best time to pray, saints. Now is the best time to seek the Lord. Now would be the time to get before God in prayer and seek him as never before. Not for you, but seek him for the lost because there's many still in America who has not given their lives to the Lord and I don't want them to die before they know Jesus Christ. Because see, I'm not worried about me because you know why? I'm all right. I know Jesus. See, I know my end. I know where I'm going. But see, I got a lot of, lot of unsaved family members. I got a lot of 
unsaved people I know. I don't want them to die and wake up in hell. Amen. I don't want them to die knowing that they're going to burn for the rest of their life. I remember one preacher put it very eloquently, and I was like, whoa, that's deep. And he said, you know what? He said, everybody is crying and complaining about the over 2,000 people that died from the Twin Towers and from the, uh, um, uh, that place in Pennsylvania with the other plane and then from the Pentagon. He said, but you know what? There were 19 people that can't be saved. And those are the people who masterminded this tragedy. He said, I thought about them because I know they woke up in hell. Mm. And I said, I said, whoa. I said, wait, that's deep. But you know what? We're crying, but many of the people in the Twin Towers, I'm sure they were saved. I'm sure a few of them knew Jesus Christ. But those 19, they didn't know Jesus. They knew Allah, but they didn't know Jesus. See, and unless you know Jesus, you can't be saved. Ah, uh, unless you know Jesus, you have no eternal life. Unless you know Jesus, there'll be no resurrection for you. But when you know Jesus, you know that you're going to rise from the dead. You're going to rise up with a new body, a building not made by hands, but made in heaven by God. And you're going to have a new life with fresh water, with fresh food, with no diseases, with no aches and pains, with no more troubles, with no more afflictions. No more problems. That's the life I'm looking forward to. That all my pain will be gone. No more pain. No more suffering. No more hurting. No more staying up and crying at night. See, that's why Paul told the Colossians, he said, set your affections on things above and not on things of the earth. That's the problem. You're so worried about getting enough money till you haven't thought about, should I just learn to spend my money better? Huh? Because if I learn to spend my money better, then I'll have some. I don't have to buy everything I see. And if I stop trying to keep up with everybody, maybe I'll have something. Amen. Amen. For those of you carrying Coors bag, did you know that the guy who makes Coors is a homosexual? I just wanted to throw that out at you. I just thought I'd let you know that. Amen. Do you wear Feli? Oh, yeah. Him too. Listen. I just telling you the truth. Listen, verse 4. And when he apprehended him, he put him in the prison. And delivered him to four quaternions of soldiers and kept him intending after Easter to bring him forth to the people. One thing I like about Herod, he had intentions. His intent was to stop Peter. Because he thought in stopping Peter, he could stop and break up the church. But he didn't, what he did not understand, that this is bigger than Peter. 
And see, this is what I got to get you to see. You got to see the bigger picture. You're going through because this is bigger than you. God has a greater future for you. God has a better plan that you don't know of. And what you're going through has to do with that plan. So let God break you. Let God make you so you can be prepared for what God has for you. See, I'm going through now because my future is blessed. I'm having problems now because of what the enemy sees is coming. You didn't just think he's going to let you get there, did you? He's got to try to kill you before you get there. But the Lord will deliver you. But the Lord will keep you. But the Lord will protect you. But the Lord, he secures you. But the Lord, he will keep you safe. While the enemy is constantly attacking you. All you got to do is while you're going through, just bless the Lord. Just give him praise. Matter of fact, while you're having your problem, just lift up your hands. Hallelujah. And give God glory. Because you're coming out of this. You're not going to stay here. This is not where you're to stay. This is to bring you higher in the Lord. This is to bring you higher. But how? How can you have a testimony if you've never been test. How can you be healed if you've never been sick? God needs you to have a testimony. Therefore, you got to get, you have to be sick, then be healed so you can tell somebody else of the healing power of God. Somebody's got to get the cancer. And when you get it, why not believe God for a miracle? So that God can show that my power is strong over cancer. Because my glory gets cancer out. Amen? Amen. Just believe God. Verse 5. Peter, therefore, was kept in the prison. Oh, I like this. He was kept in the prison, but see, this is why I like the prayer line. But prayer was made without ceasing of the church unto God for him. Praying without ceasing for Peter. They were praying. See, that's why, that's why I like the way this earth rotates. It rotates so that when we are in the bed, there's another side of the world where there's light and somebody's praying while we're asleep. See, I need you to know that God gets 24-hour, seven-day-a-week worship because any, at any given time, at any part of the world, somebody's praying for you. And they don't know you, but they're praying for you. Why? Because God put you in their spirit. So they're praying for you and they're lifting you up in prayer and you don't even know how many things you've been delivered from because somebody in China prayed for you. But you'll never know till you get to heaven and then you'll know they were praying for you. And while Paul Peter was in this, they were praying for him. They knew his life was in danger. Rather than have a pity party 
and all come together and cry. You know that. How when we feeling bad, we just want everybody to come over. Group hug. What in the world are you doing? A group hug so you can cry? Really? All right, how about we all join hands and pray? How about we all join hands and seek God? But a group hug to cry? Stop watching them reality shows. And don't you dare turn on the view. That's all they want you to do is sit back and mourn and cry about everybody else. No, I'm not watching that. The devil is a liar. This is what the Bible said. The Bible said, and they made prayer for him without ceasing of the church. The church had prayer. Listen, and when Herod would have brought him forth the same night, uh, somebody said, get ready for your miracle. Oh, look at your neighbor and tell him, get ready for your miracle. And listen to this. And when Herod would have brought him forth the same night, Peter was sleeping. <laughs> now see, this may be a little contrary to what Paul and Silas were doing when they were singing and giving God praise. But I got to give Peter this much. With his life in the balance, he was able to sleep. See, I'm talking to you sleepless in New York and sleepless in New Jersey people who get yourself so worried and so upset that your sleep leaves you and you sitting up there in the bed looking at the ceiling all night long and know you got to be to work at 6 o'clock and it's 5 and you ain't slept yet. Peter was sleeping and knew that his life was in danger. But God gave him the power to rest, to be calm, and to sleep in the midst of knowing that death could be at any moment. He was sleeping. I like that, man. Sleeping. See, I don't, I don't ever want, and I th I, thanks be to God, I've had a few nights like that, but not many. They are very far in between. And thanks be to God who giveth me the victory. I don't want anything keeping me from sleep. Come on now. <laughs> Let me tell you something. I'm 50 years old now. Sleep is important. <laughs> yes. It don't feel the same like I was 20. When I was 20, I come home at 4 o'clock, wake up at 7 o'clock, go to work and do it all over again. Now, I need my sleep. Yes, because the older you get, and listen, you young people laugh if you want to. You, if you live, you're going to get here. You're going to need your sleep. Let me tell you something. Sleep is important. Sleep deprivation will give you a heart attack. Sleep deprivation will stress you out. Go to bed. Get your sleep. Yes, because if you don't rest, That'll come back to haunt you sooner or later. Amen. Learn. Go to bed. Go to sleep. Hallelujah. Pastor, these, this is happening. That's happening. That's going on. Go to bed. <laughs> go to sleep. I, I don't know. Me and my wife, we just ain't getting along. We've been arguing. We've been tussling. Go to bed. Get some sleep. See, because if you're asleep, you can get a new perspective when you wake up. Because if you go to sleep, you'll wake up saying, it is the Lord's doing. And it is marvelous in my eye. It's another day that the Lord has kept me. 
this is the day that the Lord has made. I shall rejoice and be glad in about. There's nothing I can do for tonight. Go to sleep. Look around, tell your neighbor, go to sleep. See, Peter went to sleep. There ain't no sense there. Oh, oh, oh. What we gonna do now? Sleep. Stop it. Don't you, don't you know? Don't you know that the devil is the prince of darkness? And don't you know that his best time to mess with you is at night? And when you're not sleeping, you're thinking. And your thinking is not in line with God. Listen, David, I believe in one of the Psalms writers said in the fourth chapter, he maketh me to go to bed and rest. See, that might not sound like a lot to you, but there's a lot of people who can't rest and can't sleep. I'm praying for you. All right. Thank you, Lord. Because they've been, people that don't sleep are known to lose their mind. That's right. Amen. We don't need that. We want you to keep that mind. Listen here. And when Herod had brought him forth the same night, Peter would have brought him forth the same night. Peter was sleeping between two soldiers bound with change. I'm going to say it again. Bound with two chains. And the keepers before the door of the prison. He intended to keep Peter there as long as he could. Chained. Chained to two officers so that he couldn't get away. An officer outside the door. They all was there to keep this one man in the prison. But you know what? I'm led to believe that they had to protect him like this because somebody told them that Jesus got up. Ah, you better wake up and understand somebody heard that Jesus was resurrected because they couldn't find the body. So we'll make it sure that Peter won't get away. We're going to protect him and make sure he don't get away. Oh, but listen to this. Verse 7. And behold... The angel of the Lord came upon him. Oh, you look at that, look at that, look at that. This is the Lord that came upon him. The angel of the Lord is not, now it's not the pre-incarnate Christ. It is Christ himself who had already died and he showed up in the prison and he came there for Peter. Listen, and the Lord came upon him and a light shined in the prison. And he smoked Peter on his side. <laughs> Peter, I know you sleep. See, that's how you know Peter was sleeping good. What was good? Listen, you're laughing. What was going on wasn't getting to him. All right. Amen. So much so that the Lord had to, hey, Peter, wake up, man. It's time to go. Well, well. <laughs> that's when the sleep is good. Oh, man. He smote him on his side. And listen. And 
and raised him up, saying, Arise up quickly. And although he was in the prison, Jesus loosed his chains. His chains fell off his hands. I come to let you know that the Lord is saying that no more you're going to worry about this. No more you're going to cry about this. That today I'm loosing you from these chains. These chains that are keeping you in prison. No longer will you be here. You will not be locked down in your mind any longer. I'm freeing you from this place. Get up. Rise up. It's time to go. You will not stay here any longer. Your time here is up. You will not die, but live. You're not staying here. Rise up. Let's go. It's time to go. I'm going to loose your chains. And the chains fell. No more depression. No more worry. No more bothersome stuff. No more caring so much about this. It gets me down. I'm being loosed from my chains. Jesus, loose me from my chains. I am no longer bound. I am free. And I'm going to walk, therefore, in the liberty wherewith Christ has set me free. I will not stay in this prison any longer. I am a free man in Christ Jesus. The Lord has set me free. And whom the Lord sets free is free indeed. And because I'm free, I'm going to give him praise. Because I'm free, I'm going to give him glory. Because I'm free, I'm going to bless his name. Is there somebody that will bless him? Is there somebody that will bless him? Bless him. Bless him. Bless him. Your chains are falling off. No more chains. Rise up. Raise up. It's time to get out of this. I don't know where you're going, but you're not staying here. And the angel said unto him, Gird thyself. In other words, pull up your coat and get ready to run. Because you're not staying here. We're leaving here together. Gird thyself. Now listen, and then listen. Listen. And the angel said, Gird thyself. And put on your sandals. So he did. And he said, now this is how you know. It's Jesus. Cast thy garment upon thee. Follow me. For those of you that don't get it. The first words to Jesus, to Peter, in the beginning of his ministry was follow me. The last words to G to Peter before he left was follow me. And God is saying to you, stop crying, stop complaining, stop murmuring, stop mumbling. Follow me. Why will you be chained when Christ has loosed you 
and set you free. As he told Peter, follow me. Listen. And he went out and followed him. See, somebody say, that's obedience. Say it again, that's obedience. He went out and followed him and knew not that it was true, which was done by the angel, but thought he saw a vision. Listen, and when they were past the first and second ward, they came to the iron gate that leadeth into the city. Now that we've come to the iron gate, should this hinder us? No. They said the gate opened on its own accord because Jesus had came to set the captive free. Loosed him from his chains. Told him to get up. Let's go. That's what you need to do. Sitting there depressed. Sitting there letting it bother you. Get up. Are you hearing? Are you hearing what the Lord is saying to you? Why are you worried about it? Why are you stressing over it? Get up. Go wash them dishes. Get up. Go cook you some food. Get up and go get some grocery. Whatever you do, you can't stay here. Rise. Let us be going. No, really, rise. No more chains. No more chains. See, worrying is chains. Distraction is chains. Sitting there, allowing things to fester inside you, that's chains. Holding on to your past, it's chains. You don't need no chains binding you. For whom the Son sets free is free indeed. Galatians 5 and 1, stand therefore in the liberty, liberty wherewith Christ has made thee free and be not entangled again in the yoke of bondage. Why should I be bound when Christ has set me free? I'm not going to worry about this. I'm going to pray about it. I'm going to leave it in God's hands. And you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to get up. Not only am I going to pray, I'm going to get up and do what I'm supposed to do. That's right. I'm going to get up and wash dishes. I'm going to get up and clean my room. I'm going to get up and take care of the things that the stuff I was worried about kept me from doing. Because I was just sitting down, letting that stuff saturate in my heart and mind, which is what Satan ordered, by the way. 
for it to bother me to the point where I can't pray, to bother me in the point where I can't worship and give God glory because the point of this whole thing was to keep me chained. But God, many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivereth them out of them all. Who wants prayer today? Who wants prayer today? Who wants prayer today? <clears throat> Come forth. Amen. If you want prayer today. No more chains. No more worrying. No more allowing things to get to me. No more letting things saturate in my heart. No more. Sometimes you just got to tell yourself, no more. You just got to use that word, enough. It's been long enough. I've been here in this place long enough. Listen what God told Israel. He told them, you've been in this place long enough. Told him, rise up and let us go to the promised land. Hallelujah. It's time to get up. It's time to get up. For some of you, it's time to just sleep. Stop worrying. Stop letting the enemy rob you of a very valuable asset in your life. Go to sleep. Get a good night's sleep. In the morning, you won't be moody. In the morning, you won't be upset. If you can just get a good night's sleep, tell the enemy, it's the end of you messing with my sleep. It's the end of you keeping me from what God has for me. I receive what God has for me. And I thank God for setting me free. I thank God right here, right now. He's given me victory. And I believe God. Come on and say it with me. If you believe it, I believe God. I believe God. In the name of Jesus. Amen. I believe God. Amen. Praise the Lord. Oh. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. God, we believe you. Hallelujah. We believe you, oh God. Hallelujah, that the chains have been broken, oh God. Hallelujah, that the enemy no longer has power over us, God, for you have set us free. You have delivered us from the hands of the enemy who seeks to destroy us, oh God, for you said in your word, greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world, oh God. Your word, oh God, which is a lamp unto our feet, a light unto our path, oh God, will guide us and direct us, oh God. We are set free. We have been delivered, oh God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus, for your blood. Thank you, oh God, for cleansing us. Thank you for making us whiter than snow. Thank you for deliverance, oh God. Thank you for setting us free, oh God. Thank you, oh God, for cleansing our minds, oh God. Thank
thank you for renewing us, oh God, by your spirit, oh God. Thank you, oh God, for making all things new, oh God, for the old things are passed away, oh God, and behold, all things are become new. We are new in you, oh God. We are new creatures, oh God. We speak your word. We believe your word, oh God. We live according to your word, oh God. We will trust in you with our heart, oh God, and lean not to our own understanding, oh God. Hallelujah. Our lives are in your hands, oh God. Hallelujah. If you be for us, God, you are more than the world that be against us, Lord. We thank you, oh God, right now in the name of Jesus, oh God, for you have given us the victory, oh God. Hallelujah. You have delivered us, oh God, and we are here, oh God, standing by your, standing by your grace, oh God, standing on your word, oh God, knowing that you are faithful, oh God, for you are able, oh God, to do exceeding abundantly above all that we can ask or think according to the power that worketh in us, oh God. You are God alone. There is none like you in all the earth, oh God. We are standing on your word, oh God. We are trusting in you, oh God. We know, oh God, hallelujah, that we are, we are victorious, oh God. We are more than conquerors, oh God. Hallelujah, Lord Jesus. We are free in you, oh God. We give you praise right now. We honor you right now. In the name of Jesus, somebody give God a praise. Somebody give him a shout of praise, oh God. Healing belongs to us. Jehovah Rapha, our healer. Jehovah Nise, our banner. Hallelujah. Jehovah Jireh, oh God, our provider. You provide for us. You make a way for us. Our protector. Hallelujah. We bless you, God. We praise you now. For the battle is not ours. It's the Lord's. It's the Lord's. Hallelujah. Favor. Hallelujah. Deliverance. Hallelujah. We bless you. You might as well praise her because the victory belongs to Jesus. And if victory belongs to Jesus, you and I have the victory. You might as well bless the Lord. For I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. Somebody make a joyful noise unto the Lord. You want to bless the Lord with the fruit of your lips. Somebody shout unto the Lord. Somebody give him a shout of praise. Somebody shout hallelujah. Hallelujah. If God has done it for you, you might as well shout. Hallelujah. It's already done. It's already worked out. It's already finished. Hallelujah. Praise the living God. Praise the God of our salvation. Praise him for his goodness. Praise him for his great grace. Praise him. Praise him. Praise him now. Yeah. The Lord inhabits the praise of his people. Hallelujah. Worship him. Hallelujah. Honor the Lord. Hallelujah. Woo. You want to give God your best praise. Yeah. If you already believe it. Hallelujah. You can touch and agree and say thank you Lord. It's already done.